Hello, my chickens. As you know, my colleague and friend and student and certified feminist coach, Simone Soul and I have been doing a limited series podcast called Outside the White Box, Elevating the Coaching Conversation where we're talking about all the ways in which we can really elevate the life coaching industry and as an intellectual matter, out the ways that understanding history and sociology and anthropology and cultural analysis and critical theory and all sorts of different intellectual frameworks can really help us be better coaches. And so we have previously released the first episode as a full episode on the podcast, But of course, I know some of y'all listening are coaches and want more and more of this. And some of y'all listening are not coaches and maybe don't want to hear every episode. So we are just releasing clips from each of the next few episodes once a week. And so this is a little taste of what's going on this week over on Outside the White Box, Elevating the Coaching Conversation. So you can find it by searching it anywhere on your podcast player, whatever that is. But you can also just text us or sign up online to make sure you get notified with a link whenever a new episode drops. So if you want to do that, you can text your email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four. And then when you get prompted for the code, the code is outside the box. So it's like a phrase with spaces between the words, like you were writing it normally, outside the box. Text your email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four. The code is outside the box with spaces between the words, or you can visit unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash outside the box, all one word. Unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash outside the box, that's all one word, and you will get updates whenever we release a new episode and a link to make it easy to listen. I'll see you there. Okay, so today we have a special culmination of the Outside the White Box, Elevating the Coaching Conversation podcast. And that is that if you've been listening to this podcast so far, you've listened to Simone and I soberly, but in the style of drunk professors riff on the various (laughs) things that we've talked about. And we just wanted you to know that we're not the only crazy ones. And so we invited two of our favorite coaches and colleagues and friends to come on the podcast and talk about the ways in which they elevate the coaching conversation in their own niches and disciplines and the way in which they find that history or anthropology or sociology or other kind of theory-based disciplines and frameworks impact their coaching. So we wanted to give you guys some kind of examples outside of Simone and I of how you can think about elevating your own work within your coaching niche from this perspective. So I will let these powerhouses introduce themselves. They need no introduction, really, if you've been listening to my podcast. They've both been on it several times now. But, you know, I only have like five friends, so we just have to keep repeating them through the podcast. So, Sonia, you want to introduce yourself and then Rachel? Sure, Cara. Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Sonia Wright. I am the midlife sex coach for women, and I am all about working and helping women with whatever sexual difficulties, emotional pain, whatever they're dealing with around the issue of sex and helping them to create the sex life of their dreams. I basically believe that all women should have the opportunity to access their sexuality and express it whatever way they want to, as long as there's consent and no harm involved. I'm like, go for it and have some fun. Also, you have to know that every time I look at Sonia, she has a giant red poppy behind her, which is just very sexually evocative to me at this point. It's possibly because she's always talking about sex in front of it. I don't know if it's just me or it's like a real Georgia O'Keeffe moment, but 
every time I look at it, I'm like, yes, let's, let's open up. Let's <laughs> open <laughs> up. It's like my head is right where the clitoris would be. Yeah. She's just, you can see it right above you. Just like. <sighs> Amazing. You are Rachel. <laughs> Who am I? That is a good I question. Know. If you guys are the drunk professors and I'm the drunk coach, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my name is I Rachel really Hart. I have been on this podcast before. <laughs> I talk about Rachel in almost every episode. Let's be real. <laughs> We're platonic life partners. Platonic life partners forever. And so I work with people who want to change their relationship with alcohol. And that can mean maybe they want to drink less frequently or less in a sitting. Maybe they want to take a break. Maybe they're ready to be like, you know what? I might want to say goodbye to drinking. But whatever that is, I really help people see that they can trust themselves to decide what is right for them and what's going to work best for them. And I think that talking about history is really important. So I'm excited to be here because I feel like I don't. <laughs> I didn't even put that together that Rachel is a like history. Would buff be the right word? Well, it's very specific. Rachel knows more about the history of Connecticut than anyone currently alive other than the endowed chair of Connecticut studies at Connecticut State University. And I will take yeah, you Rachel are. will take them on. When Rachel was a little kid, she used to hang out at the uh, historical society in her town and read all of the dusty old papers and the narwhal tusks. So I hadn't even thought about that historical connection. I'm but, not, do people not hang out at historical societies? Is that not a thing? I don't think that's really a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just really, I also, not to take us too far, but sometimes I will go to historical societies in California and I'm just like, no. The no is mostly that it's not 400 years old. She's like, this is too new. <laughs> Rachel's like, you shouldn't have a historical society. This I'm just like, I just, it's not Connecticut. You're not. Before I met Rachel, I didn't know that people had like a strong Connecticut identity. Like I didn't really realize that this was like a place. People think people... it's like only Texas. It's like only Texas gets to love their state. But I'm here to tell yeah. you that nutmeggers, we're here to love our state as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Anyway, moving on. Sonia, would you like to start us off with some thoughts about <laughs> how you bring kind of, you know, a historical or like a different intellectual perspective? I know you know kind of what the podcast is about and you went through the advanced certification in feminist coaching. So just tell us a little bit about like how you bring a more elevated and conceptual intellectual background into your coaching and your work. Yeah. So I'm going to tie it into ACFC. So I really want to be in that program because I really wanted to focus in on Black women and their sexuality and bring the historical construct that had not really been spoken or talked about that much and how it was impacting Black women such that we weren't necessarily feeling in control of our sexuality mm-hmm. or owning up to our sexuality. And so for me, it was important to look at the history going way back to like colonizing Africa and what people were saying and thinking about the African women at that time, up into like the present time as to why it is that, I mean, I'm not saying that all Black women are not necessarily tapped into their sexuality, but there's a number of stereotypes that are there because of history. And if we don't understand the history behind things, then we're not necessarily able to tap into what's going on now with stereotypes and concepts around our sexuality as Black women. So that's kind of how I bring it all together. I go, I kind of go back to when people were looking at African people and saying, oh, African women were promiscuous or too voluptuous or too curvy or that they're kind of savage. It, whatever there is, their concepts and beliefs, you know, it comes back to 
monetary reasons, really. Like like they want to save the savage soul, but really it comes back to, you know, I want to deconstruct Africa and take away the resources. And then at some point in time, it becomes let's enslave people because they can't take care of themselves. They're kind of lesser. So, and they don't necessarily have a soul. So let's enslave them. And then, you know, we can go from there. There's a lot that goes on, but it's really knowing and understanding the history behind things and the history of slavery in the United States and how that's impacting women and sexuality. And so that's a lot. And then just overall sexuality for women in general, not specifically just for black women, but how it affects all women. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear even more about that because your ACFC project was so people for the final certification, people had to either redo a tool or just do a new tool, a new lesson using the material. And and I thought your project was so amazing and was about how those stereotypes and history of of slavery and oppression impact Black women's sexuality now. So I would just love if you could sort of talk more about that, because I think it's such a good example of how if you're a coach who doesn't know anything about this, then if you are coaching, let's say, a Black woman about her sexuality and her thoughts about sexuality, you don't have the whole picture and you're not necessarily going to understand like, you know, in coaching, we're often sort of like, oh, a thought just comes out of your brain. But like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe if the thought has been like told to a certain group of people for 300 years, it's not so much just that you made it up, right? Like that kind of context. So do you mind like kind of elaborating on what you wrote in your project and more about that? Yeah, I think that this is very important because if you have a client coming to you that's a Black woman and she's not comfortable with her sexuality in some way and you're just focusing on, oh, that's what your thoughts are, right? And let's kind of switch around your thoughts, but you're not recognizing the context of these thoughts, the stereotypes that have been imposed upon her for her entire lifetime. Like she doesn't even know why she feels guilty and shame around her body, but she doesn't realize that other people have and the society in general has been policing her body and saying it's too curved. She has too much thick thighs or whatever it is, right? But if we're talking about sexuality, then we need to go back to, you know, slavery times where we're talking about there is definitely a concept of what a Black woman slave was and how she was too promiscuous and how she was vivacious and asking for sex. And so therefore, you know, there's no laws against her being raped, right? She's property. She's basically asking for these things, but we're not looking at like the monetary gain. What is the monetary gain of having a black woman labeled as promiscuous, right? Then the owners can sexually abuse them, exploit them and blame. It's like the whole blaming the victim type of concept Mm -hmm. that we're looking at here, right? And you can exploit somebody for monetary reasons and you don't have to recognize that they're in this position where they don't have a choice, Mm -hmm. right? Their choice is either to be raped or give these sexual favors that are required, or they might be sold on the block, or maybe their family member might be sold on a block, or and then there's the whole issue of colorism that comes in, right? So it's like, If you're darker skinned, are you as valuable as lighter skinned? Then you might end up in more financial situations for exchange of money for sex. And, you know, so there's just so much that goes into it. But if you look at it, the baseline is Black women are promiscuous. This is a a big stereotype that's been out there. And if we don't know the history of it, then we don't have a good understanding of that this stereotype is being forced on a group of people. And so they're from the time they're young, they're feeling this shame that has nothing to do with them Mm -hmm. and they don't feel comfortable with the sexuality. And so there's like this concept of the stereotype where it's like the promiscuous women. But then there's another type of stereotype that came up as well, which is the mammy and the asexual woman. Right. And now if we look at the asexual woman, like the mammy was kind of like 
the best type of slave, right? She was there and she took care of the children. She wasn't threatening sexually in any way. Then the concept of fat phobia comes in because now usually asexuality is tied to a larger individual, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like, it's an either or, right? So you get this dynamics that's set up with either you're a promiscuous individual or your only other choice is to be asexual. Okay, how good was that little teaser? You are really going to want to hear the whole episode. These conversations that I'm having with Simone about elevating the coaching conversation and the coaching industry are, I think, so powerful and so important. And whether you're a coach or not, because what we talk about really applies to anybody who's going to experience coaching as a client or as a coach. So highly recommend that you check those out. If you want to make sure that you get notified whenever we have a new episode, you can text or email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four and use the code outside the box. That's with spaces between the words like you'd write it normally or unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash outside the box. Go get on the list. You don't want to miss any of this goodness. And we will make sure that you know how to access the full episodes every time we release one because there's so much more where that came from. 